0: I've got the man who caused a running gag in Japan. And I've got gold in them dar hills. Hello there welcome to date fight hello it's the 24th of january what does that mean all i know is it means it's friday <laughs> and that means nothing to us because we're here seven days a week
1: <laughs> we do it every day weeks have lost all meaning days have lost all meaning our children have lost all meaning <laughs>
0: They've certainly lost all sense of who I am. We take great moments from history and we pitch them against each other.
1: Yes, we do. He is Jake Yap. I am Nat Tapley and together we will be trawling through the index of history to find the two most amusingly titled entries and present
0: them to you for your entertainment. Using the Dewey Decimal System. Mmm, my favourite. I'm sorry, it's Dewey. I was nervous. (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) We are dads. We're very tired. Yes. It's been a long week. Round one!
1: For round one, I'm going to take you back to the 24th of January, 1848, when James W. Marshall was standing in a river looking at the contents of the water.
0: <laughs> oh, <okay>. good. <laughs> He'd been hired... <laughs> <They> say
1: underpants. <laughs> <laughs> He'd been hired by Johann Sutter to build a sawmill. They thought... Because California wasn't even... Uh, a territory of the United States at that point. It was still disputed territory between Mexico and America, but Johann Sutter said to James W. Marshall, why don't you slide off over there to uh, Calif- well, where California will be at some point in the future and build a sawmill because there's loads of trees over there, really big ones. And so that's what he was doing. Um, but unfortunately, his tail race was too small. And the tail race, oh yeah, that's the ditch where the water that comes out of the mill goes. So he had a huge idea. He said, What I will do is I will run the river through the existing tail race and then it'll sort of widen it by itself every night. So he used to <laughs> sorry, do that every I'm night. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mm. So he'd widen
1: it every night, would he? He he didn't want the problem of having a narrow tail race. Or
0: widen itself.
1: Uh, But when he got there in the morning... How how wide is your tail race? Mine is girthsome, but not toothsome. He got there in the morning and (laughs) he noticed... Mine is fulsome. (laughs) He noticed sparkly things in the water, sparkly bits of metal. And he said to himself, hello... Hmm, I know what that. In fact, he's written down what he said to himself. Let me just find it. There it is. He said to himself, "'I picked up one or two pieces and examined them attentively, and having some general knowledge of minerals, I could not call to mind more than two which in any way resembled this—iron, very bright and brittle, and gold, bright yet malleable.' I then tried it between two rocks and found that it could be beaten into a different shape, but not broken. I then collected four or five pieces, and I went up to Mr. Scott, who was working at the carpenter's bench making the mill wheel, with the pieces in my hand, and I said, I have found it. What is it? inquired Scott. Gold, I answered. Oh no, replied Scott, that can't be. I said, I know it to be nothing else. And he went away, and he told Mm -hmm. -hmm. Johan Sutter, I've found gold. And -hmm. Johan Sutter said, don't tell anyone, whatever you do. Otherwise... It'll spoil everything and then all the land around there will become really expensive. Don't tell anyone. So he didn't. He just told the people who were working at the mill that in their spare time they could go and look for gold. However, a couple of months later, a newspaper proprietor heard about the gold and put it on the front page at the same time as they opened a gold mining equipment company... <laughs> Oh. Which was very forward thinking of me. He went, Hey, there's gold in them now uh, hills and also yeah. I have gold mining equipment just available across the street.
0: Yeah, wow. Um It's a kind of, it's a great kind of hold the front page. No. <coughs> no <laughs> Wait (laughs) Just give me time to open my We're going to run this story in How long does it take to ship pickaxes from the east coast? Yeah, Yeah, exactly that that long long. The news did take quite a while It still took a few months for it
1: to filter back east But when it did, it started the great gold rush of 1849 Um, And In one year, hundreds of thousands of people Made it across thousands of miles of what wasn't even America yet Although the war with Mexico did end four days after gold was found uh, Which was very handy and California became a U.S. territory in 1848. San Francisco was made up of 200 people. By 1850, it was 25,000 people. Wow! So 25,000 people arrived in San Francisco in two years.
0: Vrycles, which really
1: sped up the process of it
0: becoming a they must have had to a proper really state really make those tailgates gape open for that. Yeah,
1: they were they were wide as they could be, and still are to this day yawning. Oh, and didn't do James Marshall any good, though. James Marshall um, never finished his sawmill because every able-bodied man in the area went to look for gold instead of helping him finish his sawmill. So he lost all his money on that. Oh, dear. He then started a vineyard, which failed. Oh. And then he invested in a gold mine, which failed. He died penniless in a small cabin. That's James Marshall, who discovered gold and started the California Gold Rush.
0: So he essentially invented California. It's amazing that it can be attributed to literally that one guy in that one place. That's where it started.
1: Yeah. He was given a small pension for a couple of years by the state of California because he contributed to its existence, uh, but then they took it away after four years because, don't know, he was
0: probably wasting it on gold and things. <laughs> right, let me take you back to the evening of the 24th of January <laughs> okay, in 1972. Oh, my goodness! And two men, All right. Jesus Dueñas and Manuel de Gracia... mm hmm. Two local men. Local to where? Two local men in Guam. Guam. Are checking their shrimp traps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this sounds like your sort of story. <laughs> Along a small river. <laughs> yeah.
1: They were looking through their gaping white tail rays <laughs> at their little shrimp traps. Yeah.
0: This is just filth. This podcast is just early morning yeah. filth. What's, well, there's no better kind. don't works anymore. This is down the southern end of the island of Guam. Guam looks a bit like a sock. Mm-hmm. And this would be nearing the toe at the bottom. I see and they come across a guy who they think well this must be a villager from Talofofo Right. Well, obviously, that's that's the only reasonable explanation. Yeah. So they went, oh, good evening. We're just checking our shrimp traps here. And this guy went absolutely berserk wow. and tried to attack them. Whoa. And they're like, whoa, 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 fella, fella. There's plenty of shrimp. There's plenty of <laughs> shrimp. the Shrimp Liberation League. I'd just like to remind you that it's 1972. Yeah. And it turns out that the guy they came across yeah. is a guy called Sergeant Shoichi Yokoi, oh. who... For him, the war is still going on in 1972. I I know these stories are always held up as, like, the
1: determination of the Japanese not to be beaten, but at the same time, there comes a point in everyone's life where they probably get, this game of (laughs) hide-and-seek is over, no one is looking for me.
0: Yeah, there's only so many water voles I can eat (laughs) before my quality of life is such... So they managed to calm and, him down, these two guys. But also, they probably didn't look
1: much like American soldiers, given they were checking shrimp traps.
0: Yeah, not so much. Did you think the Americans were now at war with the shrimp? I mean, you'd think you'd go a little bit further afield to sort of just see, who oh, anyone about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what had happened was, was uh, American forces captured the island in 1944. Yeah. And he went into hiding with nine other Japanese soldiers. Yeah. Uh, seven of the ten... It just says, moved away. Mm, that's what he said. We don't know where they went. We don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah. That's what he
1: said. They went somewhere. Very, they disappeared. Very
0: well fed he was for those. They walked over near, near that pile of bones and didn't come back. Then there were three left. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they separated. Like, let's split up. <laughs> so when did they, they, they decide
1: to do this? Like, 1964.
0: 20 years in. 1964 is the year the other two died in a flood. So they, they racked <laughs> up 20 years living like this. And then there was a flood. So for the last eight years, he lived by himself. Wow. He would go hunting at night, and he would use native plants to make his clothes, bedding, and storage implements, which he carefully hid in his cave, which I think is an hour visitor's attraction. <laughs> He'd assumed that he was he was going to get killed right. on capture. Okay. Uh, so instead, they were like, come down to the commissioner's office, and I tell you what, no, have some soup, mate. Mm. Let's make you some soup. So I had some soup, then they did some questioning and stuff and told them who he was and he was he was pretty healthy yeah he was a bit thin he was a bit weak but mm.
1: pretty good he was undrowned unlike the other two
0: yeah he had actually known that world war Two had ended for 20 years <laughs> <laughs> he'd been watching tv yes he fashioned a crude <laughs> eight inch television it was only black and white out of cactus <laughs> and <laughs> just a preview box yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, but he feared coming out of hiding, saying, look, we were always told that we should prefer death to the disgrace of being captured alive. Oh. It's just, just unbelievable. Anyway, so he, he got shipped back to Japan. Yeah. And he gets back and the, the, the press is there waiting for him to say something. And he says, it is with much embarrassment that I return. <laughs> and everyone's like, Classic. Classic (laughs) Classic Sergeant What's-His-Name. World War II hiding bants. And it became, like, a running gag in Japan. Everyone was like, it's with much embarrassment that I return, honey. I'm divorcing (laughs) you. I hate you. But but anyway, the point is, yeah. He got back pay. What? For his 28 years. He got back pay. He got $300 of back pay. (laughs) I mean, he had deserted fairly early
1: on, it sounds like. He wasn't coming back because he had deserted. I mean... You know, whatever. I mean, so really, should not have had any back pay. Give that back. <laughs>
0: okay, Katie Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> Nat Tapley, unconventional, <laughs> outrageous. Is it just me, uh, or no. all these? <laughs> you couldn't make it up. <laughs> I think we should uh, we should have start bringing in a new feature called Nat Tapley, unconventional, outrageous. <laughs> Where you just do a little one minute audio column. Do a little rant about people who've been hiding in the jungle for 30 years. What's the deal with that? Yeah. Instead, just do the birthdays. Happy
1: birthday. Happy birthday to... 18th century Whig politician Charles Fox. He was the great rival of Pitt the Younger um, and he hated George III so much that he dressed in the colours of George Washington's army um, and he was pro the French Revolution, he was anti-slavery Charles Fox, he was pretty good but when he died they cut his abdomen open and found a hardened liver 35 gallstones and 7 pints of transparent fluid 5 gold rings (laughs) Happy birthday to squeaky voice comedian Kirsten Schall, who you have heard if you've heard any animated movie in the last decade. (laughs) Also, happy birthday to Adrian Edmondson. Uh, We all love his bottom. (laughs) Happy
0: (laughs) death day... I loved your
1: bottom. Happy death day to Jörg Janach, the Swiss political leader in the Thirty Years' War who was murdered by a man dressed as a bear. I'm not going to tell you any more in case I need to use that one yep. in future. Yes, you will. Happy death day. Happy <laughs> death day to L. Ron Hubbard, the... <laughs> and ...who came up with an entire religion which does tremendous... <laughs> ...to many of the people in it. I say possibly...
0: Yes, <laughs> I mean...
1: Outrageous,
0: unconventional... <laughs> He can't be stopped. He's literally going to bankrupt us and send us to prison.
1: (laughs) He says the unthinkable and thinks the unsayable. I mean, do
0: you want me to leave it in or not? Um, I don't. I think I'm just going to put a long bleep. You just bleep it. Just a huge bleep.
1: (laughs) Happy Death Day to Mark E. Smith, who said, Rock and roll isn't even music, really. It's a mistreating of instruments to get feelings over. Happy Death Day to you, Mark E. Smith. Let's do round two. Round two!
0: I'm just trying to keep you safe, baby. Right, it is... January the twenty fourth, AD forty one. Oh my goodness! Yeah, what happened all the way back then? Well, we've got a new Roman emperor, guys. Great news! Nice. Uh, it's Claudius. Uh, don't ask about what was oh, happened to the previous guy. He got a bit sort of assassinated. Uh, that was his nephew, of course, Caligula.
1: Caligula. Yeah, I mean, he did deserve uh, to be assassinated, though. I mean, was it, he was one of the? That's a goodness,
0: assa- a good assassination. Well, I mean. No no assassination. Like that of Jörg Janach, who was killed by a man dressed as a bear. (laughs) I mean, that's a good one. That's an absolute humdinger. But Caligula, uh, that was actually his nickname. It meant little soldier's boot, Mm. um, because he toured around with his dad in Germania. Oh, and his little shoes. Little boots, yes. Little boots. (laughs) And he, supposedly, as a ruler, actually, he was quite noble and quite moderate uh, for the first six months. Then he absolutely (laughs) lost it, mate. That's what I hope they say about Absolutely. me. He
1: was very
0: generous and very moderate for a period of some months before he started murders. The first six months of every relationship, you know, yeah. you're you're trying to be charming. Yeah. It's the old. He was holding yeah. his farts in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, honestly, it was very, very sweet, very considerate. Then he started leaving his socks around, yeah. leaving the bathroom door
1: open, and murdering
0: people. Pretty much. So, I mean. There aren't that many contemporaneous accounts, so we don't know how much of this is true. So, mm. uh, I mean, they they talk much of his cruelty, his sadism, his extravagance, his sexual perversion. They call him an insane tyrant. And um, We do know that during his brief reign, he worked to increase the unconstrained personal power of the emperor. Tell me if any of this sounds familiar right now. <laughs> But there's a fun story, which is uh, uh, two years before uh, he got a bit stabbed, Mm. he ordered uh, the incredible stunt. Uh, uh, Like, he expanded his palace humongously. I think it was something like half a mile long. It was something ridiculous. Mm. Like, roads got erased to make this palace. But he he got this uh, floating bridge built using ships as pontoons, stretching from uh, a resort called Bay... To the neighbouring port of Puteoli mm-hmm. It was two miles long What? Yeah That's very long But what he did was He got his favourite horse Not the one that they say uh, He actually appointed as an advisor yeah. A different one In Citatus. Imagine having that many favourite horses He basically rode across this pontoon And this was in defiance of a prediction By his soothsayer uh. A guy called Thrasyllus of Mendes uh, Who said I'll tell you <laughs> what mate Classic soothsayer bands you got, yeah. you got uh, no more chance of becoming an emperor than you have of riding a horse across the Bay of Bairi. I'll show you. And it was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> now, I don't know. I couldn't find evidence of what happened. I believe the soothsayer... I heard... I, I saw a TV show about it. Yeah. And it said that the soothsayer had actually predicted the date of his death. Oh. He uh, said, you will die on this day. This day, the 24th of January. Yeah. And uh, of AD 41. Right. And he was like, oh, crikey. And he he believed it. Right. And he got increasingly paranoid as the date came. And his tyranny got so much the worse because he was so frightened. So he'd have senators killed and guards sacked and stuff because he, he was just paranoid that someone around him was going to kill him. And everyone got so fed up with all the things he was doing as he got nearer that date. Mm. That it actually became a self-fulfilling prophecy and they they murdered him in the evening because they were like, we've had enough of you. Was he
1: murdered by a soothsayer?
0: Not the soothsayer. It was uh, supposedly a conspiracy of the officers of the Praetorian Guard, senators and courtiers. Mm. Um, And Mm. they declared, they immediately, the same day, declared Caligula's uncle, Claudius, Mm -hmm. better known as Clavdivs, the next Roman emperor. (laughs) Well, that's exciting didn't he also have
1: massive boats in he had had, a lake full of massive boats which we found two
0: enormous boats one had effectively a palace on it a marble palace with plumbing and everything and they actually uh found the ships and raised them they Mm. they were obviously they'd sunk and in 1930 they brought them back up to the surface and they had them and then in the second world war but you can't see them today 1944 (laughs) they burnt as a result of we a bombed them. bombing raid. Yeah. Ta-da! This is another one that ends with, and we were atrocious. Oh, brilliant.
1: <laughs> and they burned as a result of a bombing raid is a really nicely passive way of saying, <laughs> we bombed it, we set fire to them.
0: Yeah, well, what would you rather? <laughs> would you rather be having to salute illo right now? <laughs> well, uh, would you? N- Unconventional. Outrageous! <laughs>
1: <laughs> you need a sting for that.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Nat Chaplin. Unconventional.
1: Outrageous. 24th of January, 2018. Nat, you are absolutely <laughs> taking it.
0: <laughs> well, I couldn't resist. It's the last I week we've resist. had 2019, 2018. I'm going to take you back to the 24th of January, 15 minutes ago, when Nat Tapley talked about...
1: <laughs> I'm going to take you to the King Abdul Aziz Camel Festival, or Camel Fest, as I like
0: to call it. Cam Fest, yeah, yeah. At which...
1: Twelve camels were disqualified <laughs> for having Botoxed faces.
0: Shut up. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm
1: absolutely serious. They found a vet <laughs> who had been caught doing plastic surgery to reduce the size of the ears of the camels and put Botox in their lips, nose and
0: even jaw. You have to be kidding me. No, Ali Al-Mazrouni Did they? Did they... Was it... <clears throat> I'm not being funny, but... Were they dromedary or bactrian? Like, did they get get their humps done?
1: (laughs) They started as dromedary. (laughs) Just want to go a bit bigger. It's text drum after more than. Anyway, um, (laughs) Ali Almasuni, son of a camel breeder. (laughs) He's the son of a camel breeder, which sounds like an insult. um, Said. Said of the treatment, it makes the head more inflated, so when the camel comes, it's like, oh, look at how big that head is. It has big (laughs) lips, a big nose. Good. I think I want to kiss it. (laughs) The festival provided $31.8 million in prizes for the beautiful camels. Oh, wow. And at the time, they had put up a link on their website to the Standards of Camel Beauty image, but unfortunately that link is broken now and I can only find the alt text which says uh, Leathery Mouth is good. Oh, yeah, tell me about so it. So there we go. I
0: love a bit of Leathery Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can get that in Voxel. Um, if you kiss enough camels, you can get Leathery Mouth. You know what they say, you've got to kiss a lot of camels to get a Leathery Mouth. <laughs> to get a hump. <laughs> 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 anyway outrageous unconventional <laughs> and probably 24th illegal
1: 24th of january 2018 i couldn't resist oh, it oh no absolutely. it's a very sad story because they pull the camel's lips and they fill them full of hormones and actually it's not uh, it's not funny at all but um i
0: found it hilarious are they of all the things we do to animals that's like way down the list giving <laughs> them good lips <laughs> <laughs> it's just making them more kissable there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> <laughs> you had something done. I don't know you uh. look sort of I don't know more, <laughs> more camelly. <camally. laughs> yeah. <laughs> A comely camel. Wow. I've got, well, now I completely understand. I, I take everything back. All my accusations. I, I take it completely back. And if people don't vote for you, yeah, that's a travesty. I'm going to be cross with them because you should absolutely win that. Um, if you'd like to vote yes. for which of these you think is the best, it's a date fight, guys. Mm. And uh, you should stick with us across the weekend because we will be yep. finding out who won this week's fight on Sunday's podcast. And issuing forfeits to the loser. Yes. and. I'm ready uh, if you want to vote it's uh, uh, at date underscore fight on twitter yes or uh, at facebook.com forward slash date fight yeah and uh, have you been across it this week yeah. do you have some sense of where it's all going no I
1: don't actually I tried That's to get less than I did last week um, and I think i forgot got to put them up on facebook one day so I'm going to go back and check that so keep your eyes on facebook everyone yeah hurried flurry of polls coming your way <laughs>
0: Just, um, have you got any, like, camel pictures?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got the Standards of Camel Beauty chart, which I will send over. We can put it up on the, Amazing. On the Twitter. But you, you send it to me first, yeah?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, send it to you. <laughs> I'll put it in the Dropbox. <laughs> well, that's it for today. Wishing you happy dreams of sexy camels. Yes. If you are at
1: the Abdulaziz Camel Festival this year, uh, you know, yeah. just good luck in whatever you're doing. I wanna see some Thanks.
0: like I wanna see like some some camel spin like camel love island. <laughs> uh, we could do this. We would better get off and do that. We'll let these people get back to their, their day. Yeah, sorry. Alright. Thanks very much for your time. We'll see you tomorrow. Hopefully, if you're around weekend, okay, great. Naturally, unconventional, outrageous.